afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Up first in today's country comment, Daryl Rex from the Manitoba Crop Alliance will join us to talk about some of the research trials they completed this year. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Crop Alliance conducted on-farm research trials this past growing season. Here's research trial specialist Daryl Rex. Well, we have research on the farm trials, which are more or less producer trials. They're done on a larger scale. They're strips. And we had various crop types involved, which were wheat, barley, corn, and sunflowers. Looking at the wheat and barley um, with the dry conditions, you know, how did, how did things turn out there? Things were, for the trial-wise, for the results, they were a little bit tough, but actually not too bad considering the dry weather that we had. So, What were some of the um, aspects that you were looking at? We were looking at uh, four main ones. They were seeding rates, different seeding rates, and the use of seed treatments, as well as fungicides, as well as uh, PGRs. Any highlights or, or results that came out of that? Or? No, we're just more or less in the middle of summarizing the results right now. So, Right. And uh, as far as uh, corn and uh, sunflowers, uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Basically, there we were looking at different plant populations, targeting the ideal what the producer would be planting, plus going lower and higher. So, Okay. And I guess uh, still still looking at those results as well? or. Yeah, we're still waiting for the trials to come in off the field on those. So. These are actually on-farm, like uh, producers are actually part of these trials? or Yes, they're basically producer-run. Uh, the producer will use his own equipment for, for it, so he'll be seeding 40-foot wide strips with his drill and harvesting them with his equipment. So, Is this something that, I guess, happens every year? Or? Yes, it's, it happens every year, and like I say, we look for producers every year to participate in the program. So, What area of the province did this take place? Mainly the southern Manitoba, but we try and target all of Manitoba. So That was Daryl Rex. He's the research trial specialist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says approximately 95% of all crops have been harvested. There is a rapid push to complete soybean harvest with a strong start to corn and sunflower harvest. Sunflower yields appear to be on track for an average to above average crop, but seed sizing is yet to be determined on confectionery crops. Grain corn harvest is underway with grain moisture between 20 and 26 percent, limiting artificial drying time. The absence of a killing frost has extended green regrowth on crops double leading to a field management dilemma for some farms attempting to conserve soil moisture. Soils remain dry to very dry in the top 30 centimeters, causing thick dust to hang over rural areas where harvest and fieldwork is occurring, especially towards evening. Fall fertilization has started in earnest in the central and eastern regions, with some producers proceeding with anhydrous ammonia application, while others are waiting for soil temperatures to drop. The Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef held its annual general meeting last week. One of the issues discussed was the National Beef Sustainability Assessment and Strategy. Here's Chair Ann Wasco. The first thing up is this producer survey, which we launched at our meeting last week, and it'll really be the base of all the different faucets of our 
supply chain that, of course, inform this benchmark work. But the first piece is from producers, obviously. So there's a survey going out. That'll be the base for a lot of the producer numbers that go into this benchmark work. So we're really hoping we can get lots of producers to fill out this survey. It'll maybe take about 20 to 30 minutes, I understand. The first assessment and strategy released back in 2016 is being updated with the full results planned for 2023. And the Manitoba Canola Growers Association has committed half a million dollars to support the construction of the Prairie Crops and Soils Research Facility at the University of Manitoba. Here's Canola Growers Executive Director Delaney Ross-Burtnack. It's going to be a tremendous update in terms of their capacity, in terms of their volume, uh, in terms of allowing them to uh, work with new technology, biosecurity uh, requirements that um, are, are really going to ensure that the research that we're investing in on behalf of canola growers can be hosted at uh, top-notch facilities to, to make sure that that research is, um, is truly excellent. MCGA is currently funding 12 projects through the Canola Agronomic Research Partnership, Canola AgriScience Cluster, and Manitoba Extreme Moisture Program. The funding also supports the training of graduate and undergraduates working on these projects. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Wednesday, October 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the General Manager of Manitoba Pork. Joining us on the program today is Cam Dahl. He's the General Manager of Manitoba Pork. Trade policy is critically important to us and uh, 90% of what uh, what Manitoba grows is is exported either either by on the foot or or in pork products and of course those pork products are actually processed here in Manitoba. So there's a there's a lot of Manitoba jobs that are are dependent on on pork and international trade and we're we're really in an uncertain period right now where uh we're not we're not sure what uh, what barriers are are going to come next and you know, some of the trade agreements we signed really, really aren't working all that well for us. So uh, fixing that uh, really does need to be a, a key priority for, for politicians uh, in, in the next parliament. And yeah, I wanted to just focus on some of those trade agreements. Um, let's start with, uh, with CETA, that agreement not living up to expectations. Yeah, it, it, it really hasn't for, for agriculture. And, and we're seeing, seeing the opposite effect for uh, European farmers, where where Canada really has opened up to uh, to European exports, but uh, but when it comes to finding non-tariff trade barriers, the the Europeans are 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 the best in the world, or among the best in the world, and uh, they they have found sanitary and uh, you know health reasons for uh, for blocking uh, blocking Canadian exports, and those really aren't based on science. Um, they they really just are another form of trade barrier, and as a result, uh, Canada's agriculture sector, whether that's pork or beef or Durham wheat, we're we're really not making the inroads into Europe that uh, that we had expected. And in fact, we're really not seeing um, much of an increase in agriculture exports. And that's something that that we need to fight back on. Um, the uh, the agreement was supposed to open up trade. It was supposed to form stability. Um, and we're not finding that to be the case. So, so we need we need the government of Canada to to push back, and and really push the Europeans to to live up to uh, uh, to the spirit of the agreement and and have uh, have trade really be trade, 
which means uh, Canadian farmers get to export to Europe as well. And talk about the um, the role of the WTO and, and the dispute process um, and how that's been working. Yeah, you know what, we really are are entering into another age of, of protectionism, and um, that's that's really really dangerous for Canadian farmers. Uh, the the WTO is is really one of the prime areas that uh, are prime tools that we have as a country to uh, to put some discipline on trade. Um, uh, for China, for example, you know China is is a member of of the WTO, and uh, we need to ensure that that China is living up to its trade obligations. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, this started under the Trump administration, uh, but right now the U.S. is is blocking uh, the appointment of of judges to the appeal process of uh, for for trade disputes. So the the trade dispute process of the WTO is is really stalled. Um, and, and that uh, that policy has has continued in the new administration. So, so we're we're seeing these these tools for for free trade and trade liberalization really being blocked at at many different turns. And um, it, it's time it's time that Canada you know maybe puts a lot more energy in, into um, not necessarily negotiating new agreements, but uh, making sure the agreements we have actually work. And uh, lastly here, just wanted to talk a bit more about China, um, a very important market, and I guess just some of the, some of the issues surrounding uh, that country. Yeah, um, and, and again, it comes to, to that question of uncertainty. Uh, uncertainty always comes with a price. Um, uncertainty makes diffic- uh, in new investment more more difficult. There is opportunity for investment in in the hog sector in Manitoba, uh, but there's there's a lot of uncertainty in in the market right now, and and part of that comes from uh, really not knowing where where China is going to be at in in terms of uh, uh, trade a, a year from now. They are they are the world's largest pork producer, but they're also the world's largest pork consumer. Um, they've been hit uh, with uh, uh, significantly with African swine fever. Um, they are importing a lot of pork, but again, we have those uh, sanitary sanitary barriers to trade that is is actually limiting Canadian uh, Canadian opportunities. So, so there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to China, and it's it's the world's biggest market. And um, you know, we if we could find a way to to have have some certainty and and in this in the china trade uh, it would go a long ways to to ensuring that uh, that we're seeing that growth and investment uh, here at home so uh, yeah you know again some more resources in terms of people um, putting putting some more agriculture focused very senior say at the assistant deputy minister level appointed to the the our embassy in in beijing uh, to to really help uh, facilitate that uh, that uh, trade with uh, with China, it uh, it's it's going to take some some additional effort and and some additional resources uh, on uh, on Canada's part. And uh, we're hoping that uh, the election's over. Uh, we're hoping that we can move forward with uh, with some of those initiatives. That was Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. 
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting an introduction to holistic management every Monday, and that will run until November 8th. The online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. The fall 2021 Regen Egg Grazing Tour takes place October 7th from 1.30 to 3.30 at Nurbaz Brothers Angus at Shellmouth, Manitoba. Topics of discussion include balancing forage to cow resource ratio, Temporary fencing systems and more registration required. Visit mfga.net to register. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings start October 19th. Go to their website for details. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council Meeting takes place October 20th via Zoom starting at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website to register. The deadline to submit resolutions is October 12th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, the Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin has been awarded grant money as part of Manitoba 150. In partnership with the Manitoba government, the Manitoba 150 host committee will be providing $166,000 to seven museums, all of which are designated as Manitoba Star Attractions. Museum President Angie Klim chatted with reporter Carter Kennington. With this grant fund um, and, and being a signature museum and a Manitoba Star attraction, this announcement certainly um, caught us uh, in a very pleasant surprise, and it truly is an amazing gift. Um, it's certainly a great way to celebrate our province's history through MB150 grant funding. So just learning of the grant, um, our board will need to discuss and prioritize projects which can benefit from these funds. And I think our board and organization will look towards applying those grant monies towards a long-term project, perhaps an exhibit as a lasting legacy to commemorate MB150. We may also look towards some of our school and youth programming. And again, finding a way to or finding opportunities to enhance those programs for for school age and youth with our museum. Are there any special events coming down the pipeline? Well, we are certainly very excited to be forward planning into 2022. Um, So we're looking towards having events starting in spring. Of course, our marquee annual festival, the Manitoba Thresherman's Reunion, and certainly Uh, As we move forward in the coming months, should we be able to host an outdoor event, certainly our Winter Wonderland in December of 2021 will be something that we look forward to planning should we be able. People can visit our website at www.mbamuseum.ca for uh, any updates on events, programming. We do have a tab called Collections and Exhibits that people can also visit as well throughout uh, the year. And uh, we do have uh, a large-scale project that we are working on currently, and this is a move in restoration and preservation of the last flat warehouse in Western Canada. Uh, The the exhibit is being planned for uh, opening in 2022, and the exhibit will feature early grain handling industry in Manitoba. That was Angie Klim. She's the president of the Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin. She was chatting with reporter Carter Kennington about a recent grant 
That was provided through the Manitoba 150 host committee. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. It was announced this week that the Manitoba Canola Growers Association has committed half a million dollars to support the construction of the Prairie Crops and Soils Research Facility at the University of Manitoba. Canola Growers is currently funding 12 projects through the Canola Agronomic Research Partnership, Canola AgriScience Cluster, and Manitoba Extreme Moisture Program. The funding also supports the training of graduate and undergraduates working on these projects. Here's Canola Growers Executive Director Delaney Ross-Burtnack. Each of those projects are uh, opportunities for us to uh, expand the knowledge of farmers. It goes in multiple directions from protein work, introducing canola as uh, a potential protein source uh, from food, to uh, agronomic work, to um, uh, extreme moisture work that we're working in collaboration with other uh, committee, uh, commodity groups to um, help farmers deal with things like this past year, uh, terrible drought, um, as well as years that uh, are just too wet. MCGA says the new 20,000 square foot facility will accelerate research to benefit, benefit crop farmers in Western Canada and drive innovations to keep Canada's agri-food sector internationally competitive. And the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef held its AGM last week. One of the issues discussed was the Certified Sustainable Beef Framework. Here's Chair Anne Wasco. We did see a 17% growth in volume, so we got up to 5.6 million pounds of uh, certified sustainable beef um, being being used by our end users to, to make a claim. So that was growth, and of course uh, the number of producers across Canada that are certified also grew up over 1,300 now. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from the Executive Director of Farm Management Canada. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.